Welcome to Mayo Clinic Pharmacy Grand Rounds, a weekly podcast for pharmacists, physicians, physician assistants, and nurse practitioners who are interested in learning more about clinical pharmacology topics. I'm your host, Sarah Thompson, Director of Pharmacy Education and Academic Affairs at Mayo Clinic. To claim pharmacology CE credit or to get a copy of presentation slides, visit ce.mayo.edu slash pharmacy podcast. The Mainstreaming Addiction Treatment Act of 2023 expanded access to buprenorphine for the treatment of opioid use disorder. Historically, patients undergoing surgical procedures had been advised to hold buprenorphine perioperatively due to concerns for suboptimal management of acute pain with the use of full mu opioid agonists. Recent literature suggests that adequate pain control can be achieved with a concomitant use of buprenorphine and full mu opioid agonists. However, optimal dosing of buprenorphine in the perioperative period remains unclear. Pharmacist Julia Branger will share literature that examines buprenorphine management strategies in the perioperative period to treat acute pain in patients with opioid use disorder. The treatment of acute pain in patients taking buprenorphine for opioid use disorder is complicated by buprenorphine's mechanism of action as a partial mu agonist with high binding affinity for the mu opioid receptor. Historically, patients undergoing surgical procedures had been advised to hold buprenorphine perioperatively due to concerns of suboptimal management of acute pain when taken concomitantly with full mu opioid agonists. Recent literature suggests that adequate pain control can be achieved with the concomitant use of buprenorphine and full mu opioid agonists, in addition to eliminating the potential for adverse outcomes related to disruption of medication-assisted treatment. However, the optimal dosing of buprenorphine in the perioperative period remains unclear. Today, I will review literature highlighting the rationale behind holding versus continuing buprenorphine therapy throughout the perioperative period. I will discuss findings of receptor availability studies and how the results of these studies should be carefully interpreted when extrapolating optimal buprenorphine dosing in combination with full mu opioid agonists. And lastly, I will discuss the various buprenorphine dosing strategies that have been proposed during the perioperative period. It is important to note that no randomized controlled trials currently exist to guide clinicians in dosing. This slide contains a list of the abbreviations that will be utilized throughout the presentation today. So let's start by discussing some background information on opioid use disorder, or OUD. This graph highlights data from the National Institute on Drug Abuse and demonstrates the total number of overdose deaths in the United States involving any opioid, including synthetic opioids, heroin, and prescription opioids. The x-axis shows the respective year, while the y-axis reflects the number of deaths. As demonstrated by this graph, there has been an exponential increase in death due to opioid overdose, with 68,000 deaths in 2020 and over 80,000 deaths in 2021. According to the National Institute of Health, approximately 3 million U.S. citizens have a current diagnosis of OUD. In 2019, less than 18% of patients received treatment for OUD, partly due to treatment barriers, including stigma surrounding OUD and difficulty in obtaining access to medications. Three primary medications are currently utilized for the treatment of OUD, methadone, naltrexone, and buprenorphine. In 2000, the Drug Addiction Treatment Act, otherwise known as DATA, 
improved access to buprenorphine for the treatment of OUD by allowing schedules three through five opioids FDA approved for OUD to be prescribed or dispensed outside of an opioid treatment program. Buprenorphine is a schedule three narcotic, which is why it can be obtained outside of an opioid treatment program when used for OUD, unlike methadone, a schedule two narcotic. Through data, qualifying physicians were given the ability to prescribe, administer, and dispense buprenorphine for the indication of OUD if they met specific training and certification requirements, were registered with the DEA, and obtained an X waiver issued by the DEA. Physicians were required to complete an eight-hour-long training to qualify for an X waiver and could prescribe buprenorphine for a maximum of 30 patients at a time for the first year, with the ability to then increase to 100 patients following the first year. The Mainstreaming Addiction Treatment Act of 2023 significantly improved patient access to buprenorphine by removing provider barriers to prescribing that existed under data. The act eliminated the X waiver, allowing any practitioner who is registered with the DEA to prescribe buprenorphine for OUD with new substance abuse training requirements added for practitioners as part of the DEA registration process. Additionally, the 30 patient cap previously described was removed. Following recent implementation of this act on January 12th of 2023, it is likely that we as healthcare providers will care for an increasing number of patients on both an inpatient and outpatient basis who are taking buprenorphine for OUD. Therefore, an understanding of the potential considerations related to its mechanism of action is necessary. Buprenorphine differs from methadone in the fact that it is a partial mu agonist rather than a full mu agonist. As a partial mu agonist, buprenorphine reduces withdrawal symptoms and opioid cravings in a similar manner as methadone. However, buprenorphine has the added benefits in exhibiting a ceiling effect on respiratory depression, sedation, and euphoria with dose increases, making it a safer option with less potential for respiratory depression in the setting of overdose and a lower abuse potential. Buprenorphine is also a weak kappa antagonist. Agonists at the kappa receptor produce dysphoric effects, therefore it has been hypothesized that antagonists might, might oppose the dysphoria that accompanies opioid withdrawal. Buprenorphine has high binding affinity to the mu opioid receptor and will displace full mu agonists from binding to the receptor, which negates the euphoric effects typically associated with the abuse of these drugs. Additionally, buprenorphine's slow dissociation kinetics reduce concerns related to occasional misdoses of the medication, as withdrawal symptoms do not become clinically problematic until roughly 72 hours after the last buprenorphine dose. Buprenorphine is often co-formulated with naloxone, an opioid receptor antagonist, which acts as an abuse deterrent. Naloxone has low oral and sublingual bioavailability, so the patient experiences no effect from naloxone when these formulations are taken sublingually as prescribed. However, if a patient were to attempt to misuse the medication via intravenous or intranasal route, naloxone works as an opioid receptor antagonist and precipitates withdrawal. This figure shows buprenorphine's high binding affinity for the mu opioid receptor. When given separately, both full mu agonists and buprenorphine will bind to the mu opioid receptor. However, when given concomitantly, buprenorphine will outcompete a full mu agonist for binding to the receptor. With that being said, this high binding affinity may be overcome with the use of high doses of full mu agonists. 
Prior to initiating buprenorphine, the type of opioid use, long versus short acting, and time since last use are used to determine the appropriate time to start buprenorphine after signs of withdrawal have been confirmed. An initial buprenorphine dose of two to four milligrams is typically given with subsequent titration by two to four milligram increments after one to two hours if withdrawal symptoms are not precipitated. The total daily dose is adjusted to a level that maintains treatment and suppresses withdrawal symptoms, usually in the dosing range of 12 to 24 milligrams per day. The maintenance dose may be given once daily or divided into twice daily dosing, although once daily dosing is more commonly utilized for the indication of OUD, likely due to ease of administration. Managing acute pain in patients who are, opioid, who are dependent on opioids, including those taking buprenorphine, is difficult, primarily due to two main factors, opioid tolerance and opioid-induced hyperalgesia. Opioid tolerance results in diminished pain control with additional opioid use, with higher analgesic doses needed for efficacy. Opioid-induced hyperalgesia is an increased sensitivity to both painful and non-painful stimuli that develops as a result of chronic opioid exposure. Tolerance can be overcome by increasing the opioid dose. However, increasing dosing in patients with opioid-induced hyperalgesia may actually worsen pain. Additionally, acute pain relief from buprenorphine has an estimated duration of action of six to eight hours. Multiple doses per day may be needed to provide a prolonged duration of analgesia, which differs from the standard once daily dosing regimen typically prescribed for OUD. Additionally, there have been concerns with managing acute pain in patients taking buprenorphine due to the potential for buprenorphine to outcompete full mu opioid agonists and limit their analgesic effect. Although increased dosing of full mu agonists may be utilized to overcome this high binding affinity, concerns exist regarding this practice in this vulnerable patient population. On the other hand, there are also concerns with temporarily holding or stopping buprenorphine prior to a procedure due to the potential for fragmented care, lack of buprenorphine resumption after the acute pain episode, potential for OUD relapse, and potential need to complete reinduction of buprenorphine therapy upon resuming. Overall, there is a lack of consensus on the optimal perioperative buprenorphine management strategy for these patients, and no randomized controlled trials currently exist to guide clinicians in dosing. Although data is limited, a variety of case reports, retrospective studies, guidelines, and expert opinions have been published in attempt to guide buprenorphine dosing strategies in the perioperative period. In 2004, the Center for Substance Abuse Treatment published a clinical guideline with recommendations for perioperative buprenorphine management. Although limited clinical experience existed at the time this guideline was released, it was thought that achieving analgesia was unlikely until buprenorphine cleared the body. Therefore, this guideline recommended first initiating non-opioid analgesics, utilizing short-acting opioids for unrelieved pain, and discontinuing buprenorphine while taking full mu opioid agonists. Following publication of the 2004 guideline, case reports were published that supported the general practice of discontinuing buprenorphine perioperatively. In a 2009 case report, a patient undergoing posterior spinal fusion required buprenorphine discontinuation with subsequent transfer to the ICU to receive an, a dexmedetomidine drip and high-dose opioids for inadequate postoperative pain control. 
A case report was published in 2012 where a patient with radial and ulnar fractures had ineffective pain control after receiving morphine and a bolus dose and infusion of remifentanil. Upon learning the patient was on buprenorphine, opioids were discontinued, and the fracture was able to be reduced after the patient had received a regional block. In 2013, a patient presenting with acute compartment syndrome required high doses of hydromorphone and the ultimate discontinuation of buprenorphine. The patient did not experience adequate pain control until 48 hours after buprenorphine was discontinued. And lastly, a 2014 case report described a patient undergoing thoracotomy window closure who had uncontrolled postoperative pain despite high doses of hydromorphone. Pain improved significantly and opioid requirements were reduced after buprenorphine was discontinued. Although these case reports support the perioperative discontinuation of buprenorphine for adequate acute pain management, it is important to note that most of these case reports involved patients presenting with severe pain, and it is unclear if poor pain control was the result of concomitant buprenorphine and full mu agonist administration. Additionally, case reports do offer a relatively low level of evidence for guiding clinical practice. Overall, a higher level of evidence exists supporting the continuation of buprenorphine rather than discontinuation, with a variety of retrospective studies published after the previous four case reports that support continuation. In 2018, an expert panel at Massachusetts General Hospital established institution guidelines for the perioperative management of buprenorphine. Prior to the implementation of these institutional guidelines, practice at this site was to hold buprenorphine for 72 hours preoperatively. Quay and colleagues conducted a retrospective observational study in 2020 after the, the institution had implemented their guidelines with the goal of comparing acute pain management when buprenorphine was continued versus held during the perioperative period. This is the first of two main studies that I will discuss today. Surgical patients who were taking buprenorphine for OUD were included in this study. However, those taking buprenorphine for chronic pain were excluded. At baseline, patients did not differ significantly between groups. The average buprenorphine dose in the continuation group was 17.7 milligrams compared to 15.1 milligrams in the health group. Additionally, the majority of patients in both groups underwent orthopedic or abdominal surgeries. A total of 38 patients continued buprenorphine while buprenorphine was held in 17 patients. In the health group, a collaborative decision was made between the patient and the provider to discontinue buprenorphine for various reasons, despite the guideline, the institutional guidelines supporting continuation. So this slide highlights the specific buprenorphine dosing guidance that this site recommended in their institutional guideline. As shown here, the buprenorphine dosing recommendation varied depending on the anticipated level of surgical pain. Notably, patients taking 9 to 16 milligrams per day continued their usual home dose until the day of surgery and then decreased their dose to 8 milligrams per day postoperatively until acute pain subsided. For patients who were taking more than 16 milligrams of buprenorphine daily, they were tapered to a dose of 16 milligrams per day by the day prior to surgery, and this dose was then decreased to 8 milligrams per day postoperatively until surgical pain subsided. There was a statistically significant reduction in average PACU pain scores in patients who continued buprenorphine compared to those who held it. 
Additionally, the majority of patients who held buprenorphine were prescribed an opioid at discharge, presumably for management of uncontrolled pain. This increased prescribing of opioids led to a statistically significant increase in MME and the health group compared to the buprenorphine continuation group. Of note, buprenorphine was not included in the calculated MME dispensed at discharge. Despite increased pain scores and presumably increased opioid use following discharge, postoperative buprenorphine adherence was estimated to be high in both groups and was not significantly different. While this study supports the perioperative continuation of buprenorphine, it does have some limitations. The small sample size, as well as a lack of randomization between the two groups, offers less robust data. It is important to acknowledge that the majority of these patients had been established on buprenorphine therapy for more than one year prior to undergoing surgery. It is unclear if buprenorphine adherence would be impacted by patients who had recently started buprenorphine compared to those already established on buprenorphine therapy for a significant length of time. This may have led to the lack of difference in postoperative adherence found between the two groups. In addition, the use of regional anesthesia may have impacted PACU pain scores. However, this was not clearly documented in this study. Postoperative buprenorphine adherence was measured using dates prescriptions were filled, which may not be a true reflection of adherence. Additionally, the actual postoperative use of full mu opioid agonists is unknown as assumptions were made simply based on whether or not prescriptions were filled. Patients undergoing emergent procedures were excluded from this study. Although these results may not be applicable to all patients, one could argue that these findings could be extrapolated to this population if their home dose is less than 16 milligrams daily, as the institutional guidelines would not have recommended a tapering strategy for these patients. Lastly, it remains unclear from this study if patients taking more than eight milligrams daily who experience moderate to severe surgical pain truly require dose modification prior to and following surgery to experience adequate pain management. Overall, this retrospective study suggests that buprenorphine continuation in the perioperative, perioperative period results in better postoperative pain control and reduces opioid requirements at discharge. However, the optimal perioperative buprenorphine dosing strategy remains unclear. Guidelines and expert recommendations were published in 2019, 2020, and 2021 that support the perioperative continuation of buprenorphine. In 2019, the Perioperative Pain and Addiction Interdisciplinary Network published their Clinical Practice Advisory for Perioperative Management of Buprenorphine. They recommend continuing buprenorphine at the patient's preoperative dose throughout the perioperative period based on findings from case series and studies without controls, which they grade as level five evidence. The American Society of Addiction Medicine published a focused guideline update in 2020 for the treatment of OUD. Within this guideline, ASAM specifically calls out that discontinuing buprenorphine prior to undergoing a surgical procedure is not required. Instead, the guideline states that full mu agonists with high potency may be successfully utilized to achieve analgesia in patients experiencing acute pain. Lastly, in 2021, a multi-society expert panel comprised of the boards of directors of the five societies listed on this slide published recommendations for buprenorphine management in the perioperative period. 
To decrease the risk of OUD recurrence, the panel suggests with a moderate level of certainty that buprenorphine should not be routinely discontinued in the, in the preoperative setting. So this brings us to our first assessment question of the day. Based on the findings of the 2020 study by Quay and colleagues, which of the following is true? A, perioperative buprenorphine continuation led to increased PACU pain scores. B, study results are applicable to patients recently initiated on buprenorphine. C, patients who held buprenorphine had decreased postoperative adherence. Or D, patients who held buprenorphine were more likely to receive an opioid prescription at discharge. All right, so it looks like we're mostly in agreement here that the correct answer is D. So based on this study, patients who held buprenorphine were more likely to receive an opioid prescription at discharge. Those who continued buprenorphine perioperatively had decreased PACU pain scores. The majority of patients who were included in this study were taking buprenorphine for more than one year, and estimated postoperative buprenorphine adherence rates were similar between the two groups. Next, I will discuss information related to my second objective surrounding receptor availability studies. Studies have been conducted to examine in vivo mu opioid receptor availability to determine the percentage of opioid receptors that must be occupied by buprenorphine to suppress withdrawal symptoms and to block euphoric effects of full mu opioid agonists. Given the limited data regarding optimal perioperative dosing of buprenorphine, these studies have been extrapolated in an attempt to guide perioperative dosing. This table highlights three receptor availability studies conducted in 2000, 2003, and 2005. In these studies, mu opioid receptor availability was measured in patients receiving specific buprenorphine doses as depicted in the table using a series of PET brain scans with a carfentanyl radio tracer administered prior to undergoing the PET scan. Higher buprenorphine doses resulted in greater displacement of the radio tracer and therefore a lower percentage of receptors available for binding of opioids. As shown in this table, there was a dose-dependent percent decrease in receptor availability with increasing doses of buprenorphine. This graph depicts the results of a 2014 mu opioid receptor availability study by Greenwald, where a greater spectrum of buprenorphine doses were examined. The x-axis shows the buprenorphine dose ranging from 1 to 32 milligrams, and on the y-axis is the percent mu opioid receptor availability that correlated with that specific dose. From these four receptor availability studies, it appears that roughly less than 20% mu opioid receptor availability is required to block opioid reinforcing effects. Therefore, looking at the percent receptor availability on this graph, blockade of opioid reinforcing effects may require total daily buprenorphine doses of at least 12 to 16 milligrams in most patients. Additionally, opioid withdrawal suppression appears to require less than or equal to 50% of mu opioid receptors available. With these percentages in mind, a range of 8 to 16 milligrams of buprenorphine has been proposed by some experts to be preferred dosing in the perioperative period. There are three key takeaways from these receptor availability studies. First, it appears that less than 20% of mu opioid receptors must be available for buprenorphine to block the reinforcing effects of full mu agonists. Second, these receptor availability studies examine the reward pathway in the brain and do not directly examine pain pathways. Therefore, these results cannot be fully extrapolated to pain management. 
Based on these studies, it appears that buprenorphine dosing in a range of 8 to 16 milligrams per day may lead to adequate analgesia when combined with full mu agonists. However, it remains unknown what percentage of receptors need to be bound by full mu agonists to experience analgesic effects. Additionally, the percent binding needed to achieve analgesia may vary among individuals. So that brings us to our second assessment question for today. Which interpretation of mu opioid receptor availability studies is true with regard to perioperative dosing strategies? A, they provide exact dosing recommendations for buprenorphine perioperatively. B, they determine dosing of full mu agonists needed to overcome binding affinity. C, they suggest the buprenorphine dose required to block reinforcing effects of full mu agonists. Or D, they provide the highest buprenorphine dose that can be used with full mu agonists to achieve analgesia. So the correct answer here is C. Receptor availability studies suggest the buprenorphine dose required to block the reinforcing effects of full mu agonists. These studies should be utilized with caution when guiding buprenorphine dosing in the perioperative period, as they cannot be directly extrapolated to guide the highest buprenorphine dose a patient can take while still experiencing pain relief from full mu agonists. A variety of expert opinions on perioperative buprenorphine dosing have been pub published based on receptor availability studies and clinical experience. This expert opinion by goal recommends continuing buprenorphine prior to surgery and only considering a buprenorphine dose reduction if there is inadequate analgesia following the use of both non-opioids and opioid analgesics. In this expert opinion by Lemke, perioperative dosing recommendations are broken down into two categories based on the maintenance buprenorphine dose. Here we see that these authors support continuing buprenorphine in the perioperative period at a maximum dose of 12 milligrams per day. This 2020 guidance from Warner and colleagues acknowledges that patients taking buprenorphine may present for either an elective surgery or an emergent need for surgery without the ability to adjust buprenorphine dosing perioperatively. For elective surgery, they recommend collaborating with the patient's buprenorphine prescriber to determine the optimal plan with consideration of tapering the dose to 8 to 12 milligrams per day if moderate to severe pain is anticipated postoperatively. In the case of an emergent surgery where buprenorphine cannot be adjusted prior to the procedure, they recommend continuing buprenorphine regardless of the patient's dose with consideration of tapering to 8 to 12 milligrams per day if moderate to severe pain is not effectively controlled postoperatively. In this opinion by Cohen, the avoidance of routine tapering of buprenorphine is recommended with potential tapering considerations given for those taking more than 16 milligrams per day with high postoperative opioid requirements anticipated. Additionally, there is potential consideration for splitting the patient's total daily dose into three, two or three doses given the analgesic duration of action of buprenorphine of six to eight hours. These expert opinions highlight the need for further data to support a more streamlined, consistent approach to perioperative buprenorphine dosing. So that brings me to my second main study that I would like to highlight today. This 2023 single center retrospective study by Haynes and colleagues aimed to compare MME requirements for patients taking greater than 12 milligrams buprenorphine daily to those taking 12 milligrams or less. 
patients taking buprenorphine for at least one month prior to admission were included if they were undergoing a planned or emergent surgical procedure or if they had non-surgical acute pain. Patients with a comorbid diagnosis of chronic pain and OUD were included. There were 40 patients in the, included in the greater than 12 milligram group and 38 patients included in the less than or equal to 12 milligram group. A secondary analysis was also completed that compared patients according to whether buprenorphine was continued or held throughout the admission. Of note, a hold of buprenorphine was defined as no buprenorphine administrations within 48 hours upon admission. Patients who held buprenorphine were included in the 12 milligram per day or less group for the primary analysis. So this table shows notable between group differences in baseline characteristics. Patients in the greater than 12 milligram per day group were younger and the majority of these patients had mild pain. On the other hand, patients in the lower buprenorphine dosing group had increased rates of moderate to severe pain. In this study, authors defined mild pain as pain from a minor surgery or other non-surgical pain. They defined moderate to severe pain as pain from a major surgery or traumatic injury with a fracture. Notably, most patients in the greater than 12 milligram group were utilizing split dosing of buprenorphine rather than once daily dosing. Additionally, there was a statistically significant difference in the percentage of patients undergoing major surgery with 92% of patients in the less than or equal to 12 milligram group and 55 patients in the greater than 12 milligram group. In this study, there were no statistically significant differences between groups in daily average MME while inpatient, total MME requirements, daily average pain scores, and MME prescribed at discharge. Additionally, excluding patients who held buprenorphine from the less than or equal to 12 milligram group did not impact any outcomes in the primary analysis. The secondary analysis compared patients who continued versus held buprenorphine. Patients who continued buprenorphine had a lower daily average MME and received less opioids. Daily average pain scores were similar between groups and patients who held buprenorphine were more likely to be prescribed an opioid at discharge. In the post hoc analyses, greater daily average MME and total MME were required for patients who underwent any pr surgical procedure and who had moderate to severe pain. However, excluding patients who held buprenorphine did not impact these results. Additionally, there was no impact on outcomes when comparing once daily versus split dosing. This study did have several limitations. First, the majority of patients in this study were white. Therefore, findings may not be applicable to patients of all races and ethnicities. There was a statistically significant difference in age between the two groups at baseline, which may have impacted the results. Patients who held buprenorphine comprised 16 of 38 patients and the less than or equal to 12 milligram per day group. However, excluding these patients from the primary analysis did not impact the results. It is important to note that there was a greater incidence of major surgeries and moderate to severe pain in the lower buprenorphine dosing group. Because patients who held buprenorphine were included in this group, it appears that undergoing a major surgery with anticipated moderate to severe pain may have led to the provider patient decision to discontinue buprenorphine perioperatively. 
Most patients in the greater than 12 milligram group utilized split dosing, which likely led to greater analgesic effects from buprenorphine itself. Overall, patients in both groups in this study had low MME requirements, which is likely reflective of the majority of patients having mild non-surgical pain. Lastly, daily MME requirements were examined throughout the entire hospital stay, which may have skewed the results due to capturing days where patients were in less acute pain. In conclusion, this 2023 retrospective study argues that adequate pain control may be achievable regardless of buprenorphine dose, and dosing adjustments may not be necessary in the perioperative period. With that being said, this may be less applicable to surgical patients with moderate to severe pain, given this patient population was not highly represented in this study. Split dosing of buprenorphine may lead to better control of acute pain and lower MME requirements overall. This study also supported findings of previous studies indicating similar pain scores between held and continuation groups with patients requiring more opioids while inpatient and at discharge when buprenorphine was held. So this brings us to our last assessment question for the day. Based on current literature, which of the following perioperative buprenorphine dosing strategies would be the least desirable? A, continuing the home dose of buprenorphine eight milligrams per day. B, holding buprenorphine for a patient who takes 16 milligrams per day. C, continuing the home dose of buprenorphine 24 milligrams per day, splitting that dose into eight milligrams three times daily, and D, tapering the home buprenorphine dose from 24 to 12 milligrams per day until surgical pain subsides. All right, well, it looks like we might be having a glitch with our poll everywhere, so I will just move on. <laughs> so the least desirable dosing strategy here would be to hold buprenorphine throughout the perioperative period. The literature discussed today supports the continuation of buprenorphine throughout the perioperative period, so options A, C, and D would all be reasonable dosing strategies. In conclusion, acute pain can be controlled while continuing buprenorphine perioperatively. In fact, most patients who are undergoing surgery should be continued on buprenorphine throughout the perioperative period. There is, however, limited data overall to guide optimal dosing of buprenorphine when the use of full mu opioid agonists is anticipated. Based on receptor binding studies and clinical experience, expert opinions support a perioperative buprenorphine dosing range of 8 to 16 milligrams per day. However, there is simplicity in continuing buprenorphine at the patient's home dose throughout the perioperative period, and a dose reduction may not be necessary to achieve adequate pain control. Throughout this presentation, I have highlighted the need for further studies, specifically randomized controlled trials on this topic. So luckily, there is a randomized controlled trial that is in progress with an estimated completion date of January 31st of 2024. This trial will include patients taking at least 12 milligrams per day for OUD who are undergoing an elective procedure with anticipated mild, or excuse me, anticipated moderate to severe pain. Patients will be assigned to two groups, either tapering to eight milligrams daily or continuing at their home dose of at least 12 milligrams per day. This study will examine differences in pain scores 24 hours postoperatively, as well as postoperative opioid consumption, opioid dispensing, and buprenorphine adherence rates following discharge. The goal of this study is to aid in the development of guidelines for perioperative management of buprenorphine, 
with a more definitive answer of whether there is value to adjusting the dosing of buprenorphine perioperatively for our patients with OUD. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, subscribe using iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Thank you for listening to Mayo Clinic Pharmacy Grand Rounds. Join us weekly for more exciting clinical pharmacology topics. Thank you.